Welcome to the WMKT Week in Review. Welcome back to the WMKT Week in Review. I am Nick Rudy, your host. Thanks for tuning in, Northern Michigan. We have a special guest joining me today on the show, Bob Carr, a Republican candidate for the House 107th District seat. And it's a very special candidate because this is the final individual that is running for office that we'll be interviewing before the primary. And I want to give you a bit of a quick sneak peek into what is ahead for us this week here at WMKT. As you know, we have been keeping you up to date on everything involving any election that matters to you, be that the gubernatorial race, to Senate races, to House races, and millage proposals. And so it's all going to collide on August 2nd. I am going to be hosting the WMKT special election coverage starting at 6 p.m. We'll be talking with a host of candidates before the polls close, gauging just how nervous or confident they are and encouraging people to go vote one last time before the polls close. I'll keep you updated on millage proposals as well about what you guys are voting on and the implications of those. And then if the results come in in a timely manner, and we all know last election, sometimes things happen. Well, if they come in a timely manner, we will have the winning candidates on for the races that we covered. So you'll want to stay tuned in the 1 a.m. hour or midnight. depends on when the, the election results come in. But stay tuned in the wee hours of the morning for that as well. But without any further ado, here is Bob Carr. So it's a bit of a broad question, Bob, but I believe people should know the person running as well as you know their stances and their policies. So we'll get into those later as well. But who is Bob Carr? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, Bob Carr is a um, historic preservationist, but I've been around uh, the 107th District since 1974. In actuality, my mother was born on Mackinac Island. My father was the Grand Hotel photographer, but they split and I went into foster homes but my, actually, my sister, who's probably the America's greatest uh, fashion pencil artist, was born in Petoskey. And in 1973, I came up to check out my roots and was uh, discouraged at the condition of the Round Island Lighthouse in the Straits. And I went to the newspaper with a plan for restoration and was asked to come up and uh, leave uh, Washington, D.C. to uh, run the Mackinac Chamber of Commerce. And we restored the lighthouse I came down to Petoskey in winters, and um, my first effort was trying to keep the railroad track into town. I felt that it was just necessary, and the state at that time was shortening up the lines, and Petoskey was going to be left out. We were successful in doing that. I didn't remember until I went to the city uh, convention that I was uh, one of the first guys on the bicycle committee, and I'll call it the way, the, the, the wheelway. But, oh, okay. Uh, uh, Brad Leach from from the county and I and, and several others and it was just a dream and now as you know it goes clear to Charlevoix and all, all that kind of thing. Yeah, I was put on the board down at the Little Travis uh, Railroad Museum down there in the waterfront. Um, I like to say I'm the father of the boulevard because I went to the city and said Mitchell Street's just too empty even when it's full. Making that curve, why don't we put a boulevard in there? And I, I'm not. I, but, I, but I, when I do things like that, I go and I see the powers, you know. And if you have a good program, many times they'll come through. I'm a community development specialist. That's what I do. And I've done it in all the different counties. We have Emmett, 
and and Charlevoix in this district, and um, Mackinac, uh, Chippewa, and and we can't forget Sheboygan. It's one island, Bois Blanc, and that's our dis- district. It's a magical district because it serves both the UP and Lower Michigan. And so, in my view, working in Washington as I did, it's a very powerful district because we affect everything everybody else does. Um, so, uh, I'm married to Karen Carr. We call her Mrs. Carr when she's teaching. She's a Michigan school teacher. We uh, were asked by the state to do some specialized teaching in 2019, I think it was. And Karen taught in 55 different kinds of schools in the state of Michigan in one year, and that's unheard of. And so, education is very, very important. I've seen it up in close and personal, even though I'm not a teacher. Sure. But, uh, and so uh, that's basically who I am. I think people know me. Um, I will say I've been in every town in the district. There's over 30. And um, I have to say the other candidates are nowhere. And, uh, it, it, you know, the, the uh, thing is I, I know most of the streets because doing projects. And plus I have a company called Camera Signature, which is, was in Petoskey, where I developed my film, where now is the hole that was a Ford building. Mm-hmm. And uh, I developed an 18-page calendar. We use Mitchell Printing, Mitchell Graphics, uh, to print it for the Experimental Aircraft Association, which is going to be in another week, and I'm going to have to miss it because of the campaign. And uh, those kind of things. So that's who Bob Carr is. Uh, I, well, I will say one more thing. Karen and I also co-founded in the winter. We went down the Benton Harbor Soup Kitchen. And there's a picture of myself in the front page of the newspaper. Uh, the Chicago Sun-Times, worst town in America. It's gone for 42 years. We've missed three meals in 42 years. It wasn't about the food. It was about the camaraderie. And we're very proud of it. Uh, we limit the amount of money that can be donated by Whirlpool or any of those people to 500 bucks. So they're always a little bit hungry. And uh, I worked in the inner city of New of uh, of East LA, and I ran a huge house for runaways program. I see there's a kid that's run away, and the cops are looking for him up mm-hmm. here. And uh, I can tell you about most runaways. Uh, the reason they ran away is they had parent problems. And so, um, you know, I'm 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 a guy from the streets. Foster homes I've worked on very diligently. Back when I was in foster homes, it was don't get attached, so they kept moving us around. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, for most people, it's not a healthy situation. Sure. But but I survived it. Yes. I actually have a question about that later, but I do want to get into, um, you know, you, you've been involved in the, uh, the community for many years, as you've talked about, and um, been involved in politics as well. But what made you get into the House 107th race specifically this year? Well, it wasn't my radar, but uh, actually uh, a media person said, Bob... You're so well-known, you just need to put your name in there and see what happens. And so I thought about it, and never never on my mind. And now, understand, my father, Ed Fry, was a state capitol photographer 50 years down in Lansing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got thinking about it. it we added Charlevoix County to the 107th, and it's the district that serves both the Upper Peninsula and Lower Peninsula. And because I know, having worked in government and worked the president worked on Capitol Hill. It makes it a really powerful district. And that interested me. Plus, um, there's, in all our travels in 47 states, Karen and I have been in 47 states, there's something between Traverse City, 
Charlevoix up to Sioux St. Me and the thinking of the people that live here. It's a very open, very creative type of, of um, mentality, and, and we, ju- we just love it. Sure. And so that's, that's what I jumped in. So you've mentioned that you spent your time in uh, 22 foster mm-hmm. um, homes. The foster care system as it is today seems to be a bit broken. As someone with your insight into that world, um, is that an issue that you would aim to uh, take well, head on well, if elected? Well, well abs- absolutely. And what I add to that, not only having lived in all these foster homes, I ran East L.A., where's town, part of Los Angeles, uh, House for Runaways. Right. So I had the teenagers, right? And so I know the other part of it, as these kids get bigger than just being little kids. Right. And so it's going to be one of my core things. It's one of the reasons I'm running. Because what happens when you get elected to a position such as the state house is you have the, I call it the bully pulpit of the media. Now, I had White House press credentials. And George Weeks, who was a great uh, northern Michigan uh, a newspaper guy says there's not a media that Bob Carr doesn't like, and that is true. I will go on anything, anytime, anywhere, because media is the messenger. Absolutely. So I want to talk about some issues directly. Um, so a couple of the the bigger known ones, either across the country or specifically for Northern Michigan mm-hmm. as well. Um, so and the UP. Correct. I include Northern Michigan and the UP okay. is in the same same issue. Um, so what's your stance on abortion and has your campaign changed strategy uh, with the recent overturn? No, my, my strategy hasn't changed. People don't like to be told what to do on one side of the issue. And the other issue is, uh, uh, that, of course, you, you want the, the little fetuses to be born on the other side. And what I'm saying is, because I've worked in the inner city so much, my emphasis, because of my experience, is... All right, you got this couple and they're in trouble. And mom and dad just yelled at them and they don't have any money and they messed up. Uh, so what, what are they going to do? They don't know what to do. And so I've advocated that both the pro-life and the pro-choice movements make as the number one. Um, uh, when you walk in the office, the number one options, foster care and adoption. And... It doesn't ring true to them because they can't raise money off of it. But that's what I'm going to focus on. Okay. Because um, there's always been abortions, you know, self-inflicted and all those kind of things. And, uh, you know, this pious stuff on both sides of the aisle isn't working. Uh, It's just not working. And so um, hopefully I'm an example of what can happen. Now, it's interesting with my father, um, who, you know, knew every politician because he's down in Lansing. That when he came and lived with us on Mackinac Island when he was 80, he was my dad. And I didn't even remember he wasn't my dad. Sure. Uh, and so uh, what happens when you give up a child? Um, who knows in the future, you know, when the children get bigger, they can decide if they want to go back and meet their real, real moms and dads and something. In our case, in my case, in my sister's case, it was glorious. And so that's what I'm going to focus on. And then the other ones, you know, the debates about 15 weeks, 20 weeks, in the exception for this and exception for that, that's going to be debated. But listen to pro-life and and, and pro-choice. I want you both to make foster care and adoption your number one option at the top of your sheet. Okay, so that that would largely play into the um, the, the pro life because sometimes I guess they focus more on the issue rather than you know the post birth situation, but. If there is a bill that's being tossed around in the Michigan legislature, as there's a very distinct possibility of being so, 
what side are you going to be ending up taking? Because you, you, you well, make very good points about let, how let, you know, adoption needs to be the so, number one. So what did I say? There's all these different opinions. So let's see the bill. And I'm not skating this here, but we need to see the bill. So you're um, open-minded to both so, sides? Well, I have to be. Well, certainly. I'm okay. just a candidate. Sure. But I do have my background. And I'm not going to let off on the pedal of adoption and foster care because these kids are in trouble. They're sure. panicked. You know, so our roads up here are infamously bad right. across the state as well, but northern Michigan and the UP as well. Um, what would be your plan to help get our roads in better condition and to last longer? Well, first of all, um, as people know, I got into the saving antique railroad car business by discovering an 1898 wooden castle on wheels in Mackinac City in a field called the Sault Ste. Marie. And we're trying to return it up to Sault Ste. Marie. And I ended up moving railroad cars. And the first car I moved, I got taken advantage of by a company. And I said, that's not going to work. So we built a custom stretch low boy trailer, which I operate today. And it's four axles and it's 72 foot long. When we open it up, that's just the bed. And so I'm very aware of the roads. Um, we have frost laws up here in UP in northern Michigan, which means that uh, you can't carry the weight during March, April, that kind of thing that you normally can carry. And uh, roads are built on different levels. There's the five, the four, the three, the two, and the one. And each one's a different grade of, of, of quality. And I think we have to... Um, say we want to have the highest quality of all our roads because then we don't have to go back to them. And what happened in the past was they we, we they choose a t- number two quality, which is next to the lowest, you know. And the road looks good for a little while, but the blacktop's only so thick and that kind of thing. And so my, my real interest, having had to get permits most of our trucking life, is to use the h- highest quality of road material for everything. Then quick, we don't have to go back for it for years and years and years. And so that's what I'm going to focus on. Sure. And that, that's a good plan. Do you, um, do you have any ideas of how to pay for it? Are you, are you interested in maybe looking at the state budget and seeing where some funds can be loosened up to move it or raising taxes on well, gas? Or? Nobody likes taxes, but I will say this. There's always more needs than there are money. Sure. All right. So candidates are going to tell you they're going to do this, that, and the other. Well, who are you shorting? Right? Who are you shorting? Generally speaking, yes. Generally speaking, and so uh, again, I'm 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 a little different. I'm I'm a candidate. I don't have all the tools, and I don't have all the information. So what you do know is that, well, in my case, I'm in the railroad business. I'm on my 14th airplane. I've been flying since uh, freshman in high school uh, uh, in college. Uh, I've put in an airstrip, a grass airstrip, for ki- kids to learn how to fly. Um, and uh, I'm in the trucking business. And so I'm a candidate. And probably when I get down there, I'll figure it out. Okay. So I actually want to ask you about that, the, the, your, the way you stance yourself because um, – it's, it's unique in today's political sphere that you're more open-minded than most candidates, I guess I would say. Because, um, you know, on the abortion issue, you're interested in making adoption the focus, but you want to see any bill that is brought up because you right. say you're a candidate. And kind of similar thing with the roads. You want to yeah. emphasize higher quality, but right. you want to see where the, the money might come from if you have to spend more money at all. Uh, but 
So I think that might be refreshing for some voters, but in today's political climate, a lot of people are very set in their ways. Right. Um, so what would be your message to, to, to the, you know, the voters, you know, the Republicans who are, you know, anti-taxes, um, you know, or. Well, I think we're all. Who, want, who wants taxes? I don't know anybody wants it. Sure. All right. But without any taxes, what would happen? And, and I remember, remember doing a debate and this person was um, they wanted no taxes for the roads. And I said, well, how did you get down to, I think it was Petoskey. I think it was at the, and they said, well, it came down 75. I said, you can't drive on that. It's built with taxes. What are you doing driving on that? Right. You know, <laughs> he didn't know what to say, did he? Uh, uh, so uh, your question again? Yeah, so I, I haven't fully elaborated it. So, you know, when, when you get these like flyers in the mail from a candidate or something like that, they have a list of things like, I will not do this or yeah, I will yeah, yeah, do yeah. this. And yeah. this is what I believe and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And so what you're approaching is here's what I believe in as an idea. And then I will see how it goes when I'm down there. How do you, how do you think that's going to work with voters? Well, I think people like the fact that, in fact, I got a message today that says, uh, Bob, I read, read your article in the Petoskey News Review today. Sure. And your, your answers were consistent with our telephone call. Isn't that great? I was consistent. Right. I I, I wrote to a candidate yesterday. He's going to fight, 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 fight for this. I said, um, look up the word persuade. What do you mean you're fighting? Let's persuade. People, if they respect somebody, will will take a look at how that person feels. And reputation matters. It just absolutely matters. And experience counts. And so I think people are, no matter how hardcore they are, are open-minded to those kind of people. And sometimes, sometimes my mind gets changed. And I had a show on WMKT, as I, people may remember, called Reality Politics. And there were no screen calls, and people would call in, and we'd go back and forth, and, and, and people's minds were changed. And sometimes it was Bob Carr's. Because you know what? There's a lot of good, smart people out there, and sometimes they're right. Sure. Mm-hmm. So you have a very unique perspective as someone who's worked a long time as like quasi-community developer, historical preservationist. Uh, you mentioned the Petoskey Hole, actually, one of your businesses operated yeah. out of the, the building that used to be there. Yeah. So what's something that you would like to see done with that or the, the way that it would be approached? Well, I was with the city manager. We met yesterday afternoon, mm-hmm. and we're just talking about the hole, actually talking about three or four projects. And um, I said, well, in Washington, D.C., when I worked on uh, on the state, ca- up on the ca- on Capitol Hill, we parked underneath the grass, and the grass was a park next to the Longworth building. So you could have underground parking. That's one idea. But I said, my wife says it really ought to be a park with a clamshell like they have in Charlevoix for concerts and that kind of thing. Wouldn't that be great? And then, of course, the other part of it, and I don't know who the owner is, they have to get return on investment. So there yeah. is the inclination. I Bob Berg. Pardon? I believe it's Bob Berg who owns it. And, 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 and I can understand that he wants to build condos or whatever because you can make money and and so you have that side of it i mean i think it'd be great to leave it open and 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 and, and do what i what, what i think should be done which is a, is a park entranceway in the petoskey but but remember I, i'm not spending bob's money and so bob has to decide 
whatever he decides, if he decides to build, do it in the Victorian Petoskey style, you know, um, not the California style, the Florida style, which some developers started to do in the 80s and 90s. And I spoke out then very strongly because uh, a town needs to keep its what it's known for. And, of course, Petoskey, uh, Charlevoix are known for these quaint things. And, uh, right. And, that's and, we, and we talked about putting a, th- a theater back in downtown Petoskey. Charlevoix has got a new theater. Now it's 10 years old, I think, called The Lyric. I, 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 uh, Harvest Springs. Yes. And, and, and Charlevoix's got a downtown theater. My grandfather, which I didn't know, was the designer of the opera houses and theaters in Chicago. And the house that built, burned on Mackinac two years ago was my, two months ago, was my grandfather's house at one time in the 40s. I never met the man. And I always loved theater. But theaters now, instead of tearing them down, uh, are being put back into the downtowns because it brings people back. And so I, that's another thing we talked about last yeah, yesterday. Sure. And so I'd like to see that, and that could be a uh, uh, part of the part of it because the theater used to be on the north edge of would it be north edge, east edge uh, of the of the of the whole. There was a building, there was a theater, and that. And so uh, you know, I'd like to see that. Sure. Uh, so. You've spent a lot of time campaigning so far, and also, as we've reiterated many times on the show so far, that you are, um, you know, a longtime community member. You've spent a lot of time here. Um, So between the campaigning and just, you know, being around, what is the issue that's uh, the most important issue facing uh, northern Michigan voters, in your opinion? Yeah, people ask that. And, um, you know, Mackinac Island uh, is home, and... um, Petoskey and Charlevoix, we're all tourist towns. And uh, um, if you go to Taco Bell, you can't go in and sit down right now because there's just short employees. So how are we going to fill that gap? You know, how are we going to how are we going to fill that gap? And it's tough because uh, real estate's high because people want to live here and um so not necessarily everybody can be up here that would work with that kind of deal. Um, I do see that McDonald's is advertising uh, $21 an hour. You know, that's mm-hmm. a long ways from seven and a half dollars an hour. It's true. And that kind of thing. But uh, right now, I think that's the biggest issue. That people say, well, it's it's housing and that kind of thing. Well, they're talking about building 60 houses or something. That So that's that's an issue, but it's not an issue because it doesn't affect very many people. Um, and, and and I'm all for that, too. And and. Actually, we, uh, we were talking about Harbor Hall. I had a friend who worked there years ago. Mm-hmm. And for people who know, Harbor Hall used to be people who were trying to get off drugs and that kind of thing. It was all men and that kind of thing. Now it's expanding. I went in to the, uh, the uh, uh, down there in Sheridan. There's a, it, it's been sold and the property across has been sold and the guy's retiring. He sells dog food and all that kind of thing. We were talking yesterday. And Harbor Hall is going to expand, you know, so there's going to be some added affordable housing. But right now we're short of people. Right. And, a lot and of these how issues do we make that happen? Too. What's that? A lot of the issues tie together, too, because, you know, staffing shortages. That, might that's right. And housing, housing ties together. That's right. It always complicates matters. Yes. Too. Yes. One of the things is that I, we being in 47 states, you go to some other states, the trash. Unbelievable. No bottle bills, no anything. And it's and if you Look, look at, at Petoskey, look at Charlevoix, look at Harvest Springs, go up to Sault Ste. Marie, how spick and span it is. 
I am, I, it, it, it's really a step above almost anywhere in, in, in the United States. And, and it says something about the mentality. Mm-hmm. So in this district, we're going to figure it out because we have a lot of social active people who are very smart. Well, that's a good point that you bring up, too, because a lot of people focus on, you know, what we do wrong, you know, up here, what's what, what our difficulties are. But there is many things that Northern Michigan does well. I don't um, focus on what we do wrong. I don't I don't I mean, it's good to know if we do something wrong so we can fix it. Sure. But it's not a focus of mine. And candidates campaign, the Toski News Review, There, I said, look at their ads. Wow. Or we woo, I guess they said the campaign against. Correct. You know, what's wrong? And they're going to, they're going to, no, they're not. They're one little pea in the pod, you know? Sure. <laughs> sure. So to, to wrap up, um, I guess there's, there's one and a half questions left. I just want to uh, open up the opportunity for you. You mentioned on uh, Michigan's Big Show with Michael Patrick Shields um, about your signs disappearing. Yeah. So in the next, in the last, we have about five minutes left here. Um, just want to open it up to that, a little discussion about that. So you've, you've said some signs have disappeared. I've seen some of your signs around. I haven't personally been keeping track of, you know, like, oh, I saw a sign here or there, but obviously you have been. Um, so what, what have you noticed going on there? Well, running for the state house is a serious business. And if, if, you, go, if you go along 31 towards Charlevoix, every corner is a garden of signs. Mm-hmm. And there's seven of one of my opponents, and eight of another of one of my opponents, and four of another, all clustered together. And the, the two candidates that start with F, they put their signs right next to each other, trying to, you know, and, and supposedly that this money is being donated by people who thinks it's going to be spent well. Why would you have seven signs in one location? Who's paying for that? Now, in my case... My sign's a little unique because I bel- I'm in the photo art business, camera signature. We have a picture of Karen and I. We do it together. And pictures say a thousand words, and we put it where nobody else is. And s- then they come along and they put their signs right on top of ours, trying to block them. I mean, that's, teen- that's, that's middle school. And, and so um, when Michael Patrick Shields, who's on this station and 13 others, 11 others, whatever, want to talk to me, I said, let's keep it light. Because... Um, but but the power of the media. So I, I mentioned uh, Horton Bay Road, and there was uh, uh, 40 signs there, seven of one, eight of the other, my opponents and that kind of thing. <laughs> I went by there that afternoon. They were all gone. Somebody with power was listening. And so when I say I love media, I believe in the power of media. Uh, so the, the sign thing, I think, emphasizes the kind of people these people are and how they operate. And it seems like it's... Uh, you know, where's the scruples? Sure. And I'm, I'm not trying to be negative, but that, that issue has been discovered by a lot of people. And they see our signs because our signs are small and they are, they are put where people can see them. And the idea is to read taking care of each community. You want that or I'm going to be a patriot and I'm for the Second Amendment, which is fine. I just... You, you know, and I'm going to be a constitutionalist, whatever that means, you know, and they have their bullet points and I just don't do it that way. But fortunately, I was trained by, I think, three of the greatest uh, strategists that are ever in politics. Sure. All right. So in the last minute, what is your last message that you would like to give to the voters? Well, here? my wife, Karen Carr, is a teacher and people love her. And 
Uh, many of you know me, and those of you don't, uh, hopefully we'll meet over time. And, you know, if you decide that you want to vote for Bob Carr, Karen and I will be very grateful. Absolutely. Bob, I appreciate you coming on the show today. It's a pleasure. Again, that was Bob Carr. He's running as a Republican for the 107th District House seat. If you missed any of today's show, the interview with Bob, you can always go right after this show ends here in a minute on demand to our website, WMKTTheTalkStation.com. You can find our links for Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or you can listen right in the browser as well. As mentioned at the top of the show, I want to remind you to tune in Tuesday starting at 6 p.m. for WMKT's special election coverage. I'll be having on several, several local candidates and election experts talking about their campaigns, how they're feeling, if they're nervous or excited, heading into the final few hours when polls are open and they're open until 8 p.m. So don't forget to go out and vote on August 2nd. And when the polls close, We'll be here all night, so we'll be sure to cover those millage proposals. And when the results come in, we'll talk to the winners. As always, thanks for listening to the WMKT Week in Review. I'm Nick Rudy. I'll be back next Sunday with the news that you need to know. You're listening to 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT.